0: years tech company d4 t4 solutions has helped companies get the best value from all their data assets it's been recognized for its service it's won many awards including technology company of the year in the small cap awards 2022 i'm delighted to be joined by the chief executive bill bruno so bill first off congratulations now i know who was on that judging panel, and they're very hard to please. So, what do you think <laughs> pleased them?
1: You know, um, it, it's it's a it's a good question, and, and we're obviously very humbled to to receive that award. We've we've benefited uh, lately from from quite a bit of recognition, and it's it's extremely humbling for the company. But I, I think honestly, it's just a testament to the team, to the culture that that we've built, and and just every contribution that each person across the business is making. You know, we have. What we like to say, world-beating technology. Our competitors uh, are, uh, you know, are, are unable to compete with us at the level that we believe we can, and we have a team that believes in that, and and is out there working with customers on a daily basis to help them better use data to, to make decisions across their entire business, and and a lot of what we do. Um, falls right in between sort of helping businesses be more successful, but also creating better experiences and, and uh, on the marketing side for, for consumers and, and also you know protecting them from fraud with our with our recently launched fraud data platform. So I think it's a mix of, of the innovation we're doing, the team contributions and, and probably the markets that we're we're delivering within as well, being, being such a, Uh, a massive need for businesses today as, as we think about protecting consumers around the globe.
0: Okay, so data is at the heart of your business. The company was founded 30 years ago. So over three decades, I'm wondering how the concept of data has evolved. So, you know, when you were founded, what were data assets then? And what are they now?
1: So it's another great question. I mean, as you as you point out, D four T four has a fantastic legacy, and as a business, has done some phenomenal things over the years. I've I've been fortunate to be part of the company for four years now, and and see sort of our next transition uh, sort of through now that I'm I'm in the seat. But the uh, back back going all the way back to the beginning, D four T four has been innovating um, from a from a data perspective, and as you rightly pointed out, I mean, when you think of the eighties internet wasn't there. So a lot has changed. I mean, honestly, when I started my career in early 2004, it wasn't even remotely comparative to what digital looks like today. When you think of all the devices that we're, we're on on a daily basis, the watches you're wearing, I mean, all of these opportunities for for data to be, to be better leveraged, to create better experiences. I mean, it, it's just, it's been wild and it, it's a, it's something that's hard to compare because when you look over the years, you can't really say you, you know, technology this year versus technology that year when you look back that long. You know, For us, it, the, the mantra has been the same, but the means by which we do it has changed. And the mantra has always been to help organizations better leverage data um, to, to make decisions. And, and, and now you know, what that looks like today, is honestly drastically different from what it looked like 4 years ago and, and and I think a lot of that is not just the technology advancements and and what you know digital means to to an individual on the, in their daily lives today but it's also all the compliance and regulatory challenges as well you know it, it's uh, the privacy elements it's protecting consumers and their data it's helping brands be better stewards of that and so it it really has, you know, changed. And it's seemingly every day, you know, you wake up and there's a new story. You know, we operate in 27 different countries today. Every one of those countries has some form of what started as GDPR um, from a privacy and compliance perspective and now exists everywhere. And I'm I'm based out of Chicago, as as you know, and, and it gets really complicated here in the states as well because it's individual state level legislation around privacy. And what that really presents is opportunity for us, our technologies and our people to help educate brands on how to better manage that ever evolving landscape. And that's that's really been the core premise of D4T4 from the very beginning.
0: So you talk about privacy and you talk about helping your customers leverage their data. What is it that you actually do and who needs your services?
1: Sure. Um, so we offer so the Celebrus family of products has has three components to it. Uh, the first is what we call our Celebrus Customer Data Platform or CDP. Best way to describe that is it is it is a data capture and contextualization platform of, across all digital assets, websites, mobile ATMs, you know, in-store kiosks, et cetera, um, and it's all focused around consent and building compliant data about individuals to build a better, positive customer experience for those individuals. The second product is the Celebris Fraud Data Platform or FDP. And this one is fundamentally different. This is on the fraud and risk side. And this is more about protecting consumers and protecting brands from the the risk of fraud in in the digital landscape, which is growing at alarming percentages and really accelerated considerably uh, throughout the pandemic as everything went virtual and digital became much more important for every brand and interacting with consumers as we were all in various stages of lockdown around the globe. And it's really about building evidentiary profiles about individuals, the devices you use, where you connect in the world to try to stop fraudsters from being able to gain access to your account, access to your finances, you know, performing fraudulent purchases, et cetera, and doing that in real time. Um, so it's, it's about catching the fraudster before the fraud is the tagline that we use in, in that division. And then underpinning everything that we do is, the, is our third product line, which is what we call customer data management or CDM. And that's really about taking and, and building massive analytical environments to help customers bring all of this data together in a meaningful way for their various business units so that they can perform their job better. It's about launching what we've launched in, in the, the CDP and FDP and offering more flexible deployment methods and things like that we call the Celibrus Cloud to help clients in a more compliant and secure security conscious manner get these technologies deployed across their, their digital presences as quickly as possible in a well-controlled environment designed by D4T4 so that they can ultimately start to see the value from that more quickly and, and offer that level of flexibility. So that's that it it's underpins everything that we do and, and, and includes a ton of phenomenal people, uh, D4T4 intellectual property and software as well, and, and underpins the, the environments that we build to help customers get that data to the right places to make the right decisions.
0: I'm thinking about that value so your customers they pay you so the cost of those services in in time do those services pay for themselves meaning that the customer will benefit in terms Mm -hmm. of reputation maximizing value and getting back all the money that they've paid you in the first place
1: yeah so we pride ourselves on on bringing solutions to the market that 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 produce value in several ways. I mean, there's the opportunity cost. So in most cases, when customers bring our technology in, it's to solve for something that they haven't been able to do with other platforms. So there's a, a value to that in creating positive customer experiences. And we've had Forrester and Gartner and others put an analysis out into the marketplace that shows that generally customers pay for, you know, have the solution pay for itself in the first six months. Um, And that's a goal for us. For us, it's what value can we show in the first 90 days of deployment for for customers? And generally speaking, we're able to deliver on that across the board, uh, around the globe with all of the customers that choose to put their faith in us. And the opportunity cost is is obvious. There's also the cost of savings. Um, So generally speaking, you know, organizations have been paying for technologies that fall short. And they don't have to pay for those anymore by bringing Celebrus in and consolidating their data capture, building a single source of truth, either for marketing or for fraud purposes and, and driving that forward. But then there's also a, a, another element here as well, which is obviously the protection. You know, When you think about the fraud world and how much fraud is happening around the globe and the fact that it's growing in some cases, 30, 40, 50% year on year, you're talking about millions, in some cases, billions of dollars at risk. There's the protection you know value that we're adding as well by keeping that money from from leaving the door in the first place. And then there's also the data simplification story. So when you factor in our our platforms and our customer data management division and the automation and process that we put in place, most organizations save money in the support and maintenance and ongoing management of data as well to the tune of 60 to 70% cost savings year on year, which for most of our customers attributes to millions of dollars in savings that they historically we're putting effort and cost and people into to support the the other solutions that weren't delivering upon the promises that we actually do.
0: So there you are. You're creating value for your customers, but what about your shareholders? Are you making any money?
1: <laughs> we are a cash generative, profitable business. Um, we pride ourselves on that. You know, I think it's it's always. In any organization and particularly for me uh, being new in the seed and ash our cfo and the leadership team that we've now built you know over the last nine months you know having just completed our sort of uh, uh road show as our our annual results uh, you know were audited results hit the market just recently a couple of weeks ago and for us it, it's a delicate balance as always we see an opportunity we have uh, some tailwinds behind us with with what's going on in the marketplace for all of our our, our products And so it's delicate balance between uh, managing profit and investing for growth in the business as well. And we think we've done a good job of that. We'll continue to focus on that. And we'll continue to focus on being a cash generative and profitable business.
0: It's also about rewarding the shareholders. I saw that you distributed a special dividend, but I never know what that word means. Is special just a, a, a one-off, never to be repeated, or are you hoping that a special dividend will become an annual reward bonus for loyal shareholders?
1: Sure. So we've, we've um, you know, for, for it, it's been a, a, a topic for several months, and uh, you know, we knew what the, the cash balance, uh, the free cash balance, was going to look like. Um, you know, as, uh, and have discussed it at the board level for several months on, on what we do with that. And obviously, when we're thinking about cash, there's a lot of things that we can be looking at such as M&A opportunities. And there was nothing imminent at this point in time uh, for the business, and, and you know, but we constantly are monitoring for that and, and meet monthly uh, to, to review that internally to see if there's anything that might make sense for the business. But given that we were gonna have that much free cash, we chose to do a special dividend, which I suppose the definition of that means a one-off unless we choose to do it later uh, but we also grew the standard dividend as well this year by just under uh, just under four percent and we'll continue to ma- to manage that the special dividend was an opportunity we saw we had free, we had extra extra cash we thought it was a great opportunity given that there wasn't anything from an m a perspective that was imminent uh, that that was worthwhile to just send some of that back to shareholders as a thank you for their investment in us and for their trust in us as we as we continue to grow the business so it was special in that it was a one-off decision at this point in time. We'll obviously consider what we do with cash each year. Um, we are a cash-generative business, and, and we're fortunate to be in that position. Uh, but from uh, what we were looking at and the operating costs and what we require, this was something that we could easily uh, support and giving back to shareholders at this point in time. And we know the market um, is difficult right now, and we thought that mo- that would be well-received by shareholders as well to not only be a business that's growing and, and in a in a market that that is showing you know potential for further growth, but to also you know give back to shareholders this year.
0: Right at the beginning of our conversation, you applauded the strength of your team. I'm just wondering what the the key strengths of the team are. Now I know in terms of you that the co-founder, who is the ex-chief executive, he was very happy about handing over the reins to you. So what is it about you and the team that's been assembled over the decades and the ones you're assembling now that brings so much value to the business?
1: Yeah, I you know honestly, I feel very fortunate to be in this position um, in this company. It's a phenomenal business, and and I was also very fortunate to learn from Pete Keir as well, um, you know, for the past four years, and 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 build a friendship with him, and and learned a tremendous amount from him about not only the business, but how to how to approach being in this role and, and do it the right way. Um, but I think if, when you look across the business, it's really a few things. It's it's the energy and excitement. It's the culture that that we have built and will continue to emphasis, uh, the continued emphasis on growing. It's the innovation across the business. Um, it's the willingness for everyone to, to jump in and play a role to, to help out, whether that's something internal, you know, process related or external with customers. And it's it's that mentality, I think, that that is that that drives the business. You know, it doesn't doesn't hurt that we have technologies that that do phenomenal things for for customers. It makes it really easy um, to to go to market and and talk about our technologies when they are so well performing and have so many use cases of of value that we've delivered for other businesses. But we couldn't do any of that without the without the people, and that's that's a big focus for me. And my leadership team and how we foster that culture, how we build that empowerment, how we give people the opportunity to contribute and and grow professionally within the business as we continue to grow and have success.
0: I'm also thinking about how you can future proof your business as a a tech company of renown, future proofing the business, but at the same time, the biggest obstacle is regulation. And I'm whether you are shaping the regulatory horizons with your thought leadership and the fact that you're award winners?
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. Um, I think, you know, for, first, when it comes to future proofing, um, we have been on a, on a cadence uh, for, the, for the last many years of delivering two product updates a year. Um, right around this time, and, and actually while we're speaking at the moment, we just launched one of those new features uh, out, out into the market uh, for cross-domain capabilities in our, in our CDP and FDP platforms, which is game-changing. No other vendor can achieve it. Uh, we've patented it, um, and it's a, it's a capability. You know, when you think of how many web domains and how many mobile, mobile apps businesses have that we do business with, um, it's a it's a game changer to be able to help build a compliant view of a customer journey across all of that in, in a single manner. And so that innovation is, is core to us. We have some other things coming out um, as part of this release that that'll get some marketing and fanfare over the course of the next two months. And then the following release will be be towards the end of this year, right around Christmas time, generally speaking, is when we when we put that out. And the inputs to that are, are threefold. It's it's our own internal meetings that we have monthly about what's going on in the market. It's our quarterly meetings with partners and getting feedback from partners on what they think are, are opportunities for our platforms. And it's our customer advisory boards. You know, you can't really innovate if you're not listening. You know, I think it, you can get really caught and laser focused on something and you get too close to the trees. And so we try to make sure that we're constantly listening and monitoring what's going on in the market. And that innovation is how we future-proof things. And, and we'll continue, continue to drive that message forward.
0: And what about the regulators? What's your relationship like with them?
1: You know, we've, we've presented on stage in the UK recently at, at a couple of fraud conferences uh, from, from a regulatory perspective. I think our approach to regulatory is twofold. One, um, we strongly believe in the regulations, both from a marketing and, and customer experience perspective, as well as on the fraud side, particularly in the rise of scams and, and protecting consumers from scams. Whereas on the marketing side, it's about privacy and compliance and adhering to a consumer's preferences of whether or not you want to share your data, capture, have data captured about you, build a personalized experience, all the pop-ups that show up right on the mobile apps and the websites and making sure that that actually means something and that it's being upheld. And we continue to do that. I think from our, our product, I, I, I had a chief privacy officer at a large bank uh, tell me not too long ago, that we were the first data capture and contextualization platform that put security and, and privacy compliance first. Um, so before we talk about all the great things we can do with data, the first thing we lead with is how we make that compliant for the markets that they operate in and for their consumers. And on the fraud side, that's just doubled down. right? It, it's, it's all about how do, we, how do we bring data to bear for businesses so that they can protect consumers. Because when you think of the UK regulations that are currently being discussed in Parliament as an example, around scams and making it uh, mandatory potentially for banks to to repay consumers who find themselves victims to that well the benefit from our perspective is is that is a massive risk to brands massive risk to consumers and we we bring a platform to market in our fraud data platform that helps stop that before it happens and so you know for us it's monitoring regulations it's making sure that our product is staying up to speed with all the recent regulations And we're not just doing that in one country, we're doing that at the moment, as I mentioned, 27 different countries around the globe.
0: Bill, I really want to thank you very much indeed for joining us there's that phrase game changing, which is ringing in my ear. And also the the way that you use the word fanfare, which is appropriate to you as technology company of the year, and hopefully not just for 2022. Bill Bruno, Chief Executive of D4T4 Solutions. Thank you.
1: Thank you.